Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the key studios on this Wednesday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line. Well, we get ready for a big one. Should be a packed house as Atlanta United will host Inter-Miami coming up on Saturday the 16th here. Uh, you can join me at Tower Wine and Spirits on uh, Friday from uh, 4 to 6. We're going to give away some tickets for that uh, match and obviously um, as we get ready for Messi coming into Mercedes-Benz on the turf. Yes, I said it, on the turf. Uh, pre-game will start at 4.30. Kick will be at 5 o'clock. Jason Longshore and uh, Mike uh, Mike Connie will have the call with all of the action. And Jason Longshore joins us on the WadeFord.com hotline. Lennis Ford dealer, color analyst for all things Atlanta United. Follow him on his Twitter page, at Longshoe. Jason, as always, my friend, appreciate a few minutes uh, on the show with you. Thanks for having me on, as always. So, um, are we getting the, we're going to have all of Atlanta United doing snow angels and pulling up the dust and everything on the field with Coors lights in hand? I mean, are, are we are we on track for that? Or where, where are we with the official, you know, uh, celebration on turf uh, for Atlanta United? The the funny thing is, and I, I told you this when this all started to bubble mm-hmm. up about, oh, Messi's not going to play on turf. I feel like I should have walked around with the sandwich board, like through the streets of Atlanta and say, like, Lionel Messi has never said publicly anything about not wanting to play on turf. Actually, to the contrary, when he did his, his media availability and spoke to the media about it, he said, yeah, I've played on turf before. It's different. It's not that big of a deal. So, like, it became a story, and it wasn't even anything real in there. So the question is if he plays, because he didn't play on Tuesday night in Bolivia. He That's the first World Cup qualifier he's missed in a long time. Uh, didn't feel just comfortable physically. He's played a lot of games in a short period of time. He's had a very busy schedule. He subbed out of the game last Thursday where he scored the winning goal from a free kick against Ecuador in the first qualifier of the cycle, came out late in the game. There's been talk about a possible injury, but he did travel to Bolivia. He stayed with the team, didn't really train the day before the game, which is essentially a walkthrough anyway. So there's lots of speculation right now in Argentina and in Miami, and we really don't think 
And we probably won't know anything, honestly, until game day because, you know, Lionel Messi is the kind of guy that if he doesn't train this week to rest and then, you know, is feeling good on Saturday, he's going to play. And, you know, you're not going to leave him out. He doesn't need the practice. He's done this a few times. So if he is feeling up to it on Saturday, he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to start. I don't know if he's going to come off the bench. We just don't really know anything until the week progresses. What has Tata Martino brought to Inter-Miami? Obviously, he took over June 28th of this year. Um, What has he brought to this club? I mean, again, they've they've struggled this year, but what has he helped them do? Obviously, we know all about him, but what has he brought to Miami? He's a steady hand, and I think that's the biggest thing is he's just done so much in his career that, you know, this is – a big deal. And, you know, I don't, I honestly don't think Phil Neville did a bad job with Miami. I think Phil Neville did a great job with them last season when he didn't really have a whole lot to work with. And he had even less to work with in the first half of this season because Miami kept a lot of roster space open in case everything fell into place like it did. So he was dealing with a pretty depleted roster the first half of the year, Phil Neville. But the difference between Neville and Tata Martino is that experience factor. Tata Martino has managed in La Liga. He's managed, you know, clubs, national teams. He's been in crazy situations before. He'd managed Lionel Messi before. He knows the circus that goes around that, whether it was Barcelona or whether it was the Argentine national team. So that part of it doesn't really phase him. I I think the other aspect that is underrated here is he creates an environment where you're able to get the best out of everybody involved. And he's had to incorporate a lot of new faces here in the summer window. And not all of them are at the level of Messi, Busquets, and Jordi Alba. He's had some young players come in from Argentina, guys that he thought could really fit in this league. And I think you're starting to see that Gomez and Farias especially are two players who are a great fit. And having that experience makes it easier for him to handle the just absolute circus-like atmosphere that is going to follow Inter-Miami as long as Lionel Messi plays there. Jason Longshore joining us, the waitfor.com hotline. He'll be on the call Saturday when Inter-Miami comes into Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So it's obviously been a struggle for Inter-Miami. They are second from the bottom as far as in the Eastern Conference for points. You know, can they get back into the playoff picture? I mean, I was reading something that says that, you know, hey, they're – they're pushing for a playoff, and obviously, look, if you've got the Joseph Martinez and the Messies and all this kind of stuff, you want to make that push with Tata Martino and everything. But realistically, are, are they capable of making a run at the playoffs in the East? I think so. I, I think they're six points back right now, and the issue is not so much the distance there. Six points that's two wins, and the team that is in the spot right now, D.C. United losing two, Miami wins two to make up the six-point gap. The problem is there's a whole lot of teams in mm-hmm. between Miami and D.C. United. That's where it's complicated. And, yeah, Miami's going to play some of those teams. So you're going to have some of those potential hurdles that you can jump over and climb the ladder, but you also are going to need some help just because of how the first half of the season went. You're going to need some teams in front of you to go into a slump, to to have some issues and and not get results, while Miami still has to get really good results. They have the talent to do it. 
they are within striking distance, but they're still going to need some luck to get over that line and get into the postseason. Jamal Tiare practiced uh, on Tuesday, I believe it was. What does he bring to this club? Um, will we see him on Saturday? You know, what's what's the story with him? I mean, obviously this has been one of their big pickups, you know, here as they were in August, and now he's finally getting a chance to be with the club and start practicing. Yeah, depth, I think, is what he brings, and that was the idea all along. I mean, Yorgos Yakamakis is going to be the starter up top. You have Miguel Berry, but you need a little bit different profile as well. And I think TRA gives you something a little bit different in the backup striker role. Maybe he could play alongside Yorgos Yakamakis if you ever need to go to two up top, but I think he's best served being that change of pace. He's got speed. He can finish inside the 18 with both feet. And just in the the session that I saw on Tuesday, he's a guy who brings a a good level of intensity. Um, He's got that combination of the physicality that you want, but also the intensity in the activities that we saw. And and look, he's still building fitness. And that's the thing that is going to hold him back right now. Could we see him on Saturday? I asked him that if he felt fit enough to contribute on Saturday. He said yes. It just depends, obviously, on the situation in the match and if he's called upon. But how long could he give? Probably not a lot because he got here on Sunday. And he's had a couple of of days of now training with the team. He had a couple of days of individual sessions just to start getting going again. He's had a long layoff since the, the season ended in the second division in France. And he was out of contract. So he's available I think he'll be on the bench, and I think he'll be available if needed if the game calls for it, but probably no more than 10, 10 minutes, maybe 15, if you're really stretching it. With just a few games left in the season, what, what is kind of what do you think the goal is for Atlanta United? Like what, what do you think is, is the plan for this handful of remaining games that they have left? Playoff positioning? I mean, is there – you know, room to move. I mean, you know, they're, they're what, uh, three points behind Columbus. I mean, what do you think the goal is, you know, as we just get down the stretch here? Top four. It's top four in the East because of what that brings. The, the format this year is a little bit different than we've seen mm-hmm. in the MLS playoffs. There is a wild card game between the eighth and the ninth place teams, single game, eighth place team hosts. That team goes into the quarterfinals, and it's one versus eight and so on in terms of the seeds. But those are best of three series. That's new. We haven't seen something like that in MLS. So home field is important. You split the first two games, and you get the deciding game in your building. We know how big home field advantage is in this league. That's huge. To get home field advantage in the best of three series, you got to be in the top four. And I think that's the goal for Atlanta United to get there. This is a team that can compete with anybody in the East. I I feel like Cincinnati, and we saw what Cincinnati can do. We saw what they're capable of here at the Benz. I I thought Atlanta was the better team for 30 minutes of that, and Cincinnati was the better team for more than 45. That's the the mark. That's the bar that Atlanta's got to get to. But everybody else in the East, I honestly feel like, is beatable for Atlanta United. But home field will be very important. So getting into the top four, that's the goal the rest of the way. So – you know, July was very furious, you know, furious, I should say, with, with the schedule and things like that. And then, obviously, they had a break, and, you know, it was kind of slow. I mean, you didn't really get playing until the end of August. But 
you know, again, it's August 30th and then September 2nd, and now, you know, we're going to be here on the, what, the 16th. I mean, how is this slowdown in the schedule affecting Atlanta United? You know, is there fear about, again, you've had some time off and you're still but trying to keep amped up, or is this a necessary, you know, a good break for Atlanta United? Like, how do you read just this kind of slow stretch that we've been through here in this last month? I think the League's Cup break was not desired. Obviously, they wanted to make a run in that tournament, but it was useful because, you know, think back to the end of where the regular season ended at that point, and you had Yorgos Yakimakis who was struggling to finish games. He was struggling to get past the 60th minute as he's been kind of had some injuries, also adjusting to a very different kind of physical challenge in Major League Soccer, not just on the field, but everything associated with the travel and all those things. You don't travel like this in the Scottish League. You know, it, it takes a toll on your body. And I think he's adjusted to that. Um, that part was good, but now you're in this kind of stop-start nature of it. Now, a lot of guys are playing with their national teams, and I think Atlanta United got a little lucky in this last window where guys didn't play as many minutes as we thought they might. Thiago Almada played one game. Uh, he captained the U23s for Argentina in a closed-door friendly against Bolivia. Saba Lobjanidze played one game for the Republic of Georgia. Uh, Miles Robinson played one game for the U.S. Luis Abram is the one that is probably the biggest concern. He started both games for Peru. And they finished up last night at midnight our time hosting Brazil and giving up a 90th-minute goal there to, to lose that one. So he's the one that's the biggest concern fitness-wise when we get back into this. I think the big picture of that stop-start nature, it's something that FIFA and all of the leagues around the world really need to sit down and eliminate some of these international breaks. And, look, I get it with – where a lot of money is made in this game. The World Cup is massive. All the World Cup qualifiers, massive. And then, of course, you know the Gold Cup here in CONCACAF, that's how they make their money. The Copa America in Ball, that's how they make their money. The Euros in Europe, same thing. So I get it. National team games are important, and they always will be a big part of soccer. It's never going away. It's not going to be like basketball is. But there's got to be fewer disruptions, in my opinion, in this time of the year. You don't need a September window, an October window, and a November window. They've got to eliminate some of these international windows and streamline it so the club game can have a little more of a consistent flow to it. Jason Longshore, he'll be on the call come Saturday. Excuse me, uh, Inter Miami comes into Mercedes-Benz Stadium, four thirty pregame, five o'clock kick. Jason, get me a field pass so I can get down and. Start doing some snow angels on the field with my Coors Light, and you know, again, we just, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna play up this. We're we're gonna get this thing. We're gonna get all of this turf, these little rubber pellets, just flying up in the air at uh, Inter Miami. But um, we do thank you as always for being uh, on the show, and uh, look forward to the call on Saturday. Thanks for having me on, as always. You got it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.